In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Folks, what is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. We keep chugging along. Um, Listen, (laughs) I want you to listen to this podcast, of course. I want you to listen to all my podcasts, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up another podcast today. And that, of course, is... I didn't even know Howie Mandel had a podcast. I brought this up yesterday, but it wasn't some weird April Fool's Day joke um, that was two weeks late. Tom Sandoval... Uh, gave his first sit-down interview with Howie Mandel. Uh, of course, I mean, you know, 
hard hitting, and it was exactly what I thought it would be. You know, it, it, it would be super funny if it wasn't so sad. I will say it even deepens the uh, the chasm I think between Tom and Bravo right now because he revealed so many details. Um, I can tell you he got a couple of them wrong, including trying to break up with Ariana on February 14th, Valentine's Day. I'll just start that off right there. He did not do that on that day. I don't know if he's gotten his dates confused, but uh, it, it was he did not try to break up with Ariana on the 14th of February. Okay, now I'm going to do probably a full podcast breaking piece by piece down, but I want to give a couple of thoughts right up top. And by the way, we have this, God, what a perfect episode for today. We have uh, a new friend to the show, Lauren Clayton, and she is an ex-forensic therapist where she did personality profiling and she would take assessments for ex-cons who were recently released from federal prison. And she does so much more than that, which we talk about. Now, I want to point out this interview, we're very careful, and she's so amazing because right up top, she's like, hey, I just want to know, you know, let everybody know, uh, this isn't, we can't diagnose anybody. That's completely not what uh, she does, what she's about, and nobody really can diagnose somebody, just like nobody can self-diagnose themselves, right? But we talk a lot about ideas and potential things and characteristics of uh, certain types of behavioral issues. And I found it just so fascinating. I told you guys last week, I did this last week because I was starting to look for more of a language in how to talk about these people that, I mean, especially Sandoval, who I was just really disappointed in. I was trying to think of like, you know, even in myself, like how, how do you forgive people like this? How do you, it's very interesting. And I, I feel weird for Tom uh, in certain ways because you, you get this sense where he just can't let it go. He's so used to being liked that this feels like it has rocked his foundation. Not the breaking up with Ariana and not the relationship with Raquel. This, the fact that we all dislike him so much, I don't think he thought about that for a second. I really thought he thought people were going to be great with it. And I find that behavior just fascinating, but also sad and insane, right? I, th I thought everybody would celebrate me for this. They want me to be happy, right? Um, and I want to. I'm going to talk about a couple of things in the podcast, but try not to break down everything. But it was just infuriating. First off, you know it's a good interview because by the end of the interview, Howie Mandel shaves Tom Sandoval's mustache off. Fascinating, hard hitting, exactly the question I wanted to know. Tom, will you shave your mustache? <laughs> Could you imagine how he, like, if you're a Bravo fan, you really are really wanting this interview. And then how he spends eight minutes taking his mustache. <laughs> it's so dumb. I got to say right off the bat, like, Howie Mandel, what, uh, what, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I, you can't fault Howie. Like, he's doing what he's doing. He's a legend in his own right. Like, he's made a living since, what, like, in the early 80s through his comedy. I mean, he, he was on the show St. Elsewhere, which he was great. His stand-up, his uh, OCD, his germophobia, Deal or No Deal, America's Got Talent. I mean, the guy has made an amazing living as a host, comedian, all of those things. What I thought was incredibly disappointing and lazy was that he just didn't do the research. 
I mean, listen, I get I get the opportunity, the privilege to have people on all the time. Even our friend Lauren today, where you do a little bit of research, you try to come, you try to think about the interview in a 360 sort of way. And that's something that I keep learning, um, you know, month after month when you try to get better. But what what a lazy, what a lazy, lazy interview in, in the sense that he was like, oh, I appreciate mental health. We're all just people. We all make mistakes. Great. You're right. And of course, he's got to be kind and nice to Tom, not only because I'm sure he's that way in real life, but Jason Bader, Tom's drummer, uh, is affiliated with Howie because his wife is one of the, I believe, producers of his podcast. So that's where that connection was. But come on, Howie, you needed to put his feet to the fire a little bit. This is where Stern gets it right and so many people get it wrong. You know, you can relate to somebody and also say, you did you did something wrong, man. You, you really did. And Howie had his daughter on the show with him, who I uh, it sounded like was a Vanderpump Rules fan. But even she, I mean, like, you know, there were a couple of times of like, yeah, I agree with Ariana. But it was like pushing of like, man, do you do you understand? Like, stop with me. Let Walk through this with me. Do you understand? You know, show me on the doll where you did wrong, Tom, because I don't think he gets it at all. And it's so sad. And that that kind of I've walked away feeling sad for Tom more than angry because I was like, oh, this guy is going to be in a continual world of hurt for the next six months to a year because he doesn't really understand where the wrong part was. And there, believe me, there's so much wrong. So let me let me walk you through a couple of these things. By the way, the highlight was him shaving the mustache. But you would be like, God, there, there's so much to ask Tom. And Howie went, th- you know, Howie was just like, I don't understand the hoopla. What's going on with the, I don't understand the big deal. We're all human. <laughs> okay, buddy. Like, literally, if I was Howie Mandel's wife, I would be scared shitless listening to this podcast. Be like, hey, Howie, what? You, you, you think everything's cool? Okay, okay. Um... So, uh, Tom mentions that he still loves and cares for Ariana. He also talked, you know, he, he kind of gave us a timeline of how this all shook out. And that a year ago, he said he just, he was 40 or nearing 40 and he wasn't happy with where he was, which by the way, that's what, you know, that's when you show the, see the big egos on these guys. Because if I, you know, if I was Tom Sandoval, I would have been thrilled about where I was because for most people in Los Angeles with the dreams that he had, that I had, you don't really get – even when I talk to Tom, that's like, you know, do you realize how lucky you are? Do you realize that most people don't get to have the career that Tom has had? And I attributed that to his passion but also a lot of luck, a lot of luck, right place, right time, working at the right bar, Lisa Vanderpump being a little thirsty and wanting some extra money besides Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and her restaurant career. And that built Vanderpump Rules. Um, And so he said he was just, you know, feeling lost a little bit, which, by the way, there's there's three words that sum up all of this. It's midlife crisis. I think Tom thinks there is something super unique with what he is going through and not kind of pulling out and looking macro at everything and going, a lot of dudes go through exactly what he's going through. A lot of dudes feel lost. You get middle age and you're like, what, what, you know, wow, how do I transition? I mean, Kyle Cook is going to go through this potentially. And they get really lost, scared. I mean, I've been through that, of course. I mean, it happens. But then it's weird because then it, it seems like instead of 
um, trying to work on the relationship he had, he found something new with Raquel. And that inspired him and made him feel again. And by the way, this is kind of the plot of American Beauty with Kevin Spacey, if you ever saw that movie, except that it's set in Los Angeles and Tom and Ariana didn't have a daughter. They they have a dog and a cat. Um so it's really bizarre. Um, but he takes us through and even gives us that timeline. Like I told you, they hooked up after Guy's Night. And we get finally confirmation from Tom Sandoval's mouth once again. Sorry, bravo. Tom has leaked everything, which I also thought was that at this point, is anybody doing thinking over there? Is it Jason, the drummer? Like who's thinking for Tom? Was I'm trying to like, I feel like there's no thought going on unless the thought was, since everything is so intense still a month and a half in, maybe they were going to deflate by just giving all the information away. So we weren't ramped. like So we had a little bit of time to adjust to it once we see the actual reunion. And I kept thinking, oh my God, they recorded this podcast Friday of this past week. That was two weeks after the reunion had been filmed. Two weeks, and this is what he's learned in those two weeks, is what we heard on Howie Mandel's podcast. That does not bode well, because it does not seem like he's learned a lot yet at all. In fact, TMZ reported today, and I don't know who leaked this. Somebody said it was one of Tom's camp, and I was like, no, this makes him look even shittier. They had a photo of Tom and Raquel December 29th in St. Louis, uh, where Tom is from, and it said his his family did not want to meet with Raquel because they thought he was doing something wrong and not telling Ariana what was going on. And, you know, Tom Sandoval's parents, yes, he was doing something wrong. You are very right. But this dude has a picture posing in front of like a St. Louis landmark and he's all like doing his pose that I've seen him do five billion times like on top of the world. And it's like, dude, you are a sick fuck. You are a sick fuck. And I have a feeling that was leaked to try to like pull away from any sympathy might Tom might have gotten from this Howie Mandel interview. But that's the part is that he fully integrated Raquel into his life, this secret life that he was really proud of. And he took great lengths, even though he blames Ariana in the Howie Mandel interview going, I was very open with it. I guess, I do. I guess she just wasn't noticing. I was FaceTiming with Raquel all the time. I guess she just put blinders onto it. Well, you know what it is. You know, women stupid, right? <laughs> These women out there, I tell you, dumb as rocks. <laughs> this guy was waving his dick in every different direction, and Ariana just didn't have the smarts to pick up on it. I tried to get cut multiple times. Okay, so he says that. There was also a part where Howie was like, well, you know, the daughter was like, well, did you did you throw Schwartz uh, into this and made him kiss uh, Raquel at Sheena's wedding to cover up for your thing because he admitted it happened at boys' night, so it had already taken place by the time they got to Sheena's wedding. And he goes, no, I was just, I was proud, for, I was, I, you know, I was like, Raquel's a great girl, Schwartz is a go for it, you know? And I still find that so flimsy and so weirdly unbelievable. But you guys, it's sick, man. They've, like, they hooked up in a car outside of Ariana's house when Ariana was home. He also says, I, I don't know if this was the same night, that they made out in the patio, the little fire pit I've told you guys about it they have in the backyard there. He spent, like, 30 minutes explaining what he did to this fire pit when I was there last January. And um, 
Like he and and by the way, they have cameras out there. And I I was mess I messaged with Logan Ariana's best friend. He was like, "Yep, they sure do have cameras back there." So this was so brazen. Like imagine Ariana sleeping upstairs, and he's doing this. And remember, Boys Night was like if we're to go by the show's timeline, was a couple days after she had to put Charlotte her dog down. I don't care if you are going through. 5 billion midlife crises. Don't be disgusting, dude. I guess what? It's fun to kiss other people. It's exciting, right? Yeah, touching private parts, super fun. Makes you feel alive. But come on, you built something nine years, over nine years, and this is the respect? I mean, just, I mean, he, and he kept referring to them as, well, we were just a brand. We were a brand. And I, folks, you know, it's a very special moment when one brand meets another brand and, you know, they form another brand. But he kept talking about Ariana as the brand. And, you know, that him and Ariana were a brand. We were a team, but we were mainly a brand. And that's fine if you want to talk about it that way, dude. If that's how you have now come to the conclusion that that's what you were. He's like, everybody called us mom and dad. They look, we, you know, they looked up to us. We took care of everybody. And they did in a lot of ways. But now I find that more self-serving than anything uh, on Tom's uh, part. Um, so he kept referring to her as a brand. He kept saying, you know, I still love Ariana. Yeah. You know, all of this shit. And like, he just was so, he was talking about going to therapy. Uh, and he was going to therapy, it sounded like, just to be able to get the courage or the balls to break up with Ariana. And then he started doing couples counseling with Ariana, which usually couples counseling means there's a chance at working it out. Now, I want to share with you guys, I went to couple counseling, couples counseling with my ex uh, when we were trying to work things out. And I remember there was just one thing where it was just like, I just realized it was one of the hard, I remember sitting on a Saturday, Saturday afternoon with this therapist, a, a, you know, a, a relationship therapist, a, a couples counselor, and just realizing that I, 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 you know, that this, we had been through so many sessions. We had tried all of these things and just realizing I can't do this. It was one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. One of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life was sitting there. I will always remember sitting there. I'll always remember like the light coming out of the slatted shades on the wall, thinking it was like a Saturday and realizing what the hell do I do after this? And it was just painful. But I did go to those therapy sessions thinking that maybe there was a chance you know, like I wasn't doing it to be like, see, you tell her that I don't want to ever be back here again. Like it was, it was ridiculous, but it sounds like he was using that as some kind of escape plan because he had already decided that he wanted out of that relationship. Um, and, uh, so this therapist, and I'm, I'm curious if the therapist and the couples counselor were the same therapist. Usually they're not supposed to be. I had a separate therapist and a separate uh, relationship therapist because, you know, that would just be polluting the thing if you're double dipping. And this person was Tom's therapist and also a couples counselor because Tom's therapist knew that he was cheating with Raquel already. Which, by the way, Tom's therapist, we need to get her or him on season 11 pronto. So anyways, he um, he uh, he was also asked, did you plan on breaking up with Ariana after the reunion? Did you have a plan? Because on um, 
Watch What Happens Live, Schwartz said to Andy that he had had a plan for breaking up with her. And, and Sandoval was like, no, I wasn't going to do it after the reunion. I was going to do it in therapy. I was going to do it in the therapy session. And I was like, whoa. Like, you, I, I don't know if there's rules, but I was always kind of like, don't do that here. You, you know, this this isn't a place where you're supposed to break it off. This is a place where you're come to realize what your feelings are and be able to verbalize those feelings through um, language that your therapist helps you learn in a lot of ways. By the way, I sw- I don't even know. This is a super serious episode, you guys. Sorry. But um, I just thought that was so weird. And it just then kind of locked me into, oh, he was really trying to do the protection of this therapist. He also said that Ariana had, uh, you know, he's like, he would say, oh, yeah, one time I brought up the idea. What if we split up? What would you like, you know? Like a, you know, uh, walk with me, will you? Um, let me let's let's do some make believe. What what if what if we broke up? What would you do? And Ariana said, "Oh, I would quit the show. I wouldn't do the reunion. I would sell the house and I would move away." And then Tom was like, "But you know, she she hasn't done any of those things." <laughs> no shit, dipshit. You you handled this so badly and so poorly. And he's like, "Yeah, Ariana's really blowing up right now, and I just I, I'm so happy for." Her. <laughs> I've uh, psychologically messed with her for potentially the rest of her life with any partner she ever has, but I'm very excited. She's getting a lot of positive buzz right now. Um, Really frustrating shit to hear. Really frustrating. And I can't imagine if Ariana listened to this or heard clips, and I'm sure she has, what, I mean, it's just, dude, just sit, man. Sit for a couple months and really think about what you did. Think about what made you do this. And he's like, you know, it's two separate things. The breakup and the affair. Those are two separate things. And I'm like, no, they aren't, dipshit. Like, Howie, where are you, bro? It's not. Like, I know he's wanting to make the relationship a separate thing so he can tell Raquel, like, this is something special. But it's the same thing. He got busted. That caused the breakup, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, there were just so many stupid little moments that I'll go over with you on a separate episode. I'll probably make that part one on Friday and part two the recap because I want to go through it. I want to play clips of it. I want you guys to feel what I felt was just, just insane rage, but also sadness. I think this guy will not understand for a very long time what he did. And I think he's so used to being looked at as a good guy that I think he's potentially focused on the fact that all of a sudden he's not. Also, Howie, how dare you make fun of the TMZ interviewer? He was like, this guy, he, you know, this guy out there asking you, you know, and, and you clearly explained to him, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and he doesn't get it. Which is Josh, my favorite TMZ interviewer. He's like, okay, okay, Tom, Tom, okay. Okay, so like, are you saying hindsight is 20? Which, Howie, when you're doing like a really feeble interview, you really don't have a lot of right to like make fun of another interviewer, even if it is Josh from TMC. <laughs> like you just kind of have lost the right. Um, but like, listen, Howie, you know, Howie got that interview. Howie is friends with those people. And, uh, you know, he can't be a dick. He can't be. But it would have been refreshing and probably a little helpful for Tom in the long run if he had been held to his feet to the fire a little bit, right? Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many things that I want to talk about with this interview, and that's why it's going to be a separate one because I want to get into this interview, which talks all about behavior. And I think behavior is 
what we should be looking at, what we should be studying. And I think in this interview, there's a lot of laughs, but you know, I learned a lot. I thought Lauren was just amazing. I'm going to put her uh, information for her website up there. Uh, if you're interested, I mean, I was interested. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm interested. I was like, man, I, I want to actually use your services. I need to understand myself so I don't, I don't become a Tom Sandoval and start a band at some point. And uh, and decided to do another mustache. Also, you guys, they announced today, BravoCon 2023, uh, we predicted it here, will be in Las Vegas, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Caesars Palace. So, tickets have not gone on sale yet, but you can make hotel reservations. Uh, Caesars Palace, of course, very expensive to stay there. But I will tell you, I looked at other prices around there. The Mirage, which is right next door, I think had $200 a night rooms. Um, so get on that if you want to go. So bad it's good. We'll be there. Uh, and I cannot wait to party with everybody. I'm going to party my balls off. I hope Tom Sandoval and the most extras are not playing. Sorry, Tom. Let's sit 23 out and we'll revisit in 2026. But I'm sure we'll get a DJ James Kennedy set like, hello, you fat fucks at Bravo. Come on, let's go. Also, today, Wednesday, uh, we get a new episode of Vanderpump Rules. My God, I want a bye week. I want a week where they just take off and go, hey, we 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 realize this has been an intense time for Bravo fans. We're going to sit this one out and we're just going to air uh, Chris Lee Knows Best. <laughs> we're just going to air Chris Lee Knows Best. And that's, the, yeah, just enjoy the week. You, and, you know, hold your loved ones close. Uh, don't worry. I know there's so much more to talk about with Tom. We will get to that on Friday's episode as I try to ponder more of the ridiculousness. I will say that I did reach out to Ariana and we shared some exchanges because I had a couple of um, I had a couple of like suggestions I had mentioned on yesterday's show that I wanted and I and I did. But I will say this: what I what I what I what I like about Ariana and what I always find to be true, not just now, is that she does have a good head on her shoulders. And also Tom brought up multiple times her mental health and his own mental health. He was depressed, but you know, Ariana, you know, he was like, she'll do things like she'll just lay in bed all day. And that's how she processes things. But I was like, Tom, what is your thing? Like you all and just do a full blown relationship. That's how I process depression. I just start full relationships behind my partner's back. Um, so he talks about her mental, but I will say even in talking to Ariana, She's got a good head on her shoulders, and I'm really excited for what is to come because I think she is doing everything right. And I don't mean that in that she's being strategic, but I think she understands don't do things like I'll go on Howie Mandel. Like, don't do things like that. And I think I'm very excited to see what is to come, and I think there will be a couple of things that are very exciting, and we'll be covering all of that on So Bad It's Good. Um, Okay, let's just get into this. Because it's time. And also, um, it's Tuesday, April 11th here in Arizona. Um, and my birthday is April 25th. Uh, don't worry. You don't have to get me anything unless it's nice. No. Um, but, uh, you know, seeing that we got various health things happening right now, we're going to celebrate my birthday with my family tonight. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do that tonight. And uh, so I'm looking forward to... Um, spending some time and seeing my niece and nephew and all of that stuff. And I hope you guys are having a good week. How are you? I'm so rude. I didn't even ask you that at the beginning of the show like I usually do. But I hope you're having a good... And by the way, it's hottest balls here in Arizona. It's like 100 degrees here already. Like it was nice and cool when I got here a week and a half ago, and now it's like hot as balls. Um, <laughs> it's 
perfect segue into our guest. No, um, if you guys like this show, and uh, I hope you do, please leave it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Remember, we're on YouTube as well. That's a newer thing. Go subscribe over there. Go uh, watch all the videos. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Meditza and I are having a lot of time, a lot of fun putting those videos up. Her graphics are killing it over there. And um, I will talk to you on Thursday, I believe, and then a double episode on Friday. But here is our guest. Uh, our mutual friend Mindy put us in touch, and I'm so glad she did. I think she is truly, truly amazing. And I always really geek out on people that can put a language to things that I don't have. They can say, these are my feelings. Like, what is the language? Like, explain behavior to me. Or what? what is your experience with behavior? And I thought this was a really interesting discussion that kind of is a little left of center of how we use, you know, like I say, I always shoot from the hip. I'm angry a lot of the times in regards to Scandaval. And I thought this was just a really interesting conversation. I'm so excited to hear what you guys say think about it as well so okay i will talk to you on thursday here she is lauren clayton good today i am so thrilled to have our next guest my my friend uh mindy recommended her and said hey you should talk to my friend because i i think i had mentioned on a podcast about wanting to go a little bit deeper in some of the behavior that we're seeing especially with scandal uh and vanderpump rules now you can you know behavior is such an interesting topic because especially in reality shows is that these are such elevated personalities but at the same time they have this kernel of truth that we kind of recognize because we see some of this behavior, hopefully not all of this behavior in ourselves, but I wanted to try to put a little more language around that and a little more thought around that. So we have our guest today who is an ex-forensic therapist uh, where she did personality profiling and took assessments for ex-cons recently released from federal prison. Like that's already blowing my mind. Uh, Her interest is in neuroscience, neuroplasticity, and epigenetics which led her to establishing her private practice in 2010, where she coaches executives and celebrities as an executive leadership coach and integrative health coach. I literally already need to hire her myself. Um, But her passion is helping her clients upgrade and optimize their psychological, emotional, and physical health, as well as improve and thrive in their relationships and career, which I think Tom Sandoval needs now more than ever. Uh, But I just wanted to welcome to, uh, to the show, Lauren Clayton. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Ryan, thank you so much for having me. Um, I listen. That is, I want you on a reality show now. Like this is, I mean that that is, I mean the history that goes into that. I mean I'm going to jump into all of this. I made I made her watch Vanderpump Rules this season, even though she's like a re, you're a Housewives fan yourself, right? You you've watched Housewives for a long time. I, I I took a sabbatical. I did start watching uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills again, and um, and I know I like Vanderpump Rules, so it was it was great to catch up. <laughs> well, I mean, but coming from your background, when you watch something like this, are you able to even enjoy the show, or do you look at it with this clinical eye of like, whoa, the behavior that's being exhibited is out of control? Both. Both. I mean, <laughs> it's not that it's out of control. I'm just like they're on their journey, and there's a there's a lot of different things going on. And before I get all into that, I'm going to use the personality disorders and profiling kind of framework. 
But in yeah. no way, this is for entertainment purposes only. In yes. no way am I diagnosing anyone or anything Guys, like that's that. Something, that is something I've learned in the last month <laughs> is that I, I cannot diagnose anybody. If I say Tom Sandoval is a narcissist, that's not meaning I'm diagnosing him. It's just a pattern of behavior for me reading the internet, which is not the place to diagnose anybody. I can't, you know, and, and you are a professional and you still can't diagnose somebody. So that is something that I want to, that's such an important thing. Thank you for thinking of that up top. Um, I guess let's start with you a little bit before we get into the Vanderpump of it all of tell us how you even came into this career. Like, I mean, how do you even study for this? How do you even know you're interested in this? What is your background? Yeah, it it kind of found me. I thought I wanted to be a family therapist and the forensic psychology was one of my last internships and it was just a really good internship and I thought it would look good on my resume and I just really ended up enjoying these people, especially I worked with people that were um, convicted for drug related offenses. So, I mean, a lot of them came out of prison. They're like, Miss Lauren, I'm just an entrepreneur. If you could show me how to sell something legally and uh, make money, you know, I'm down. And so I really enjoy, it was just a very good experience and helped me so much. But, um, I just, and this kind of goes along with the personality, um, disorders thing that we're talking about. I'm not a super big fan of traditional therapy. I don't think it's good. I think like the DSM is great framework for like the narcissist, all the personality disorders to conceptualize things, especially if you're a victim of narcissistic narcissistic abuse, like understanding where it comes from, but pigeonholing people and coming from a place of you're this and you're this illness, it's not, I don't think it's the best opportunity for growth, which is why I started my coaching practice. I wanted a more integrative, holistic approach. Which you actually, that's more of the neuroscience, neuroplasticity, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff, which is, I mean, how do you how do you recognize that you're good at something like this? How do you reckon, like, how does something like, like this actually is, I, I think I have a calling for this. Does what you do now, does it feel like a calling? Oh, it absolutely feels like a calling. And all I know is that I love the transformation process. I love when people, especially when people are kind of at their rock bottom moment and they're like, this needs to change. I do. I work with imposter uh, Lauren, syndrome. Lauren, I'm here. I'm right here right now. <laughs> this is my rock bottom moment. This is, let's use me. We can diagnose me. I mean, but you, I mean, uh, sorry, you talk about imposter syndrome, which already I was like, that's me. Yes. Oh, well, good. I'll talk about that more. I just <laughs> I just released a program for imposter syndrome, but I really think it's a, a spiritual journey because it's kind of like, okay, here's my gifts, skills, talents, and abilities, but all this, whatever is holding me back, we all have that. And watching people move through that and transform and be able to optimize their life, live their highest and best, whatever that, that means for them. I love that process. So yes, I do feel like it's like my calling. I always think about people repeating patterns in their lives. Like we all do it in a small scale. We also do it in a much larger scale in terms of relationships and and things like that. And in fact, you could even say Tom Sandoval is doing a little bit of this right now. But is there, you know, I've read so many different things about, you know, minuscule change can happen, but a person can't really change in the course of their lives because they're going to keep going back and hitting the same note. Do you disagree with that? I do. I mean, yeah, have you I would had, are you, you would have to, yeah. I, I think it's about your willingness, right? The only person that can change somebody is you. So if you have the willingness, yes, you'll change. And does that process suck at times? Yes, it very much sucks. And it's a lot, it's very easy to just go back into your old comfortable behavior patterns where you kind of got what you wanted out of it. But 
of course, of course, I feel like people can change if they want to and if they have the willingness and if they're willing to do the hard work. And that's why it takes rock bottom moments sometimes where it's like everything has to shatter. Everything has to fall apart. You have to get humiliated on a reality TV show, whatever, like things like that. Have well, to that happen. Yeah, by the way, that's really what we're potentially dealing with here. But it also so uh, it also so much of it involves the ego. And yeah. especially when you're on a reality television show, a lot of these people, their egos are in hyperdrive. Like they are, they are at such a, um, you know, not, I don't want to say a godlike power, but like celebrity culture and things like that kind of, you know, we're all talking about them. That's a very powerful thing, mm-hmm. but you have to almost break an ego to like start over and try to rebuild. I mean, with Tom Sandoval, what we're going through right now, um, I mean, I guess this, you know, when you, when you started this season from the beginning, I mean, and, and watching up to now, what were your overall vibes as somebody that was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm hearing crazy things, but to go see some of this yourself and then read what is going on with the Scandaval, because as we all know now, we've talked about every day on this show, Sandoval was cheating on Ariana with Raquel for eight months uh, and they are still together. He got busted. It wasn't like he came clean. He got caught and this is all just exploded. And it's been a month now of this. Um, what was your overall view though, then watching the show? Because none of this is in the show yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough stuff. Well, that's tough why stuff. It's really, it's really <laughs> tough <it's> stuff. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really interesting. And what, I mean, we all have this voyeur, voyeuristic side to us, right? Yes. Reality yeah. TV show would, I'm sorry, reality TV shows would not be popular if it wasn't. And just to give a little psychological background on that, we like that and our pleasure zones kind of fire up like when we watch these shows because you've been cheated on or you've been the cheater and we've you've been close enough to that situation and experienced all the things. But when you're watching someone else do it, you can see it all happen without the stressful negative consequences. So there's something very addictive about that. Like the dopamine's going and it's like, okay, you can be involved in this. And and also we see ourselves in these people. And then, you know, if we've gone through that or we're currently going through something like that, there is some type of like pair bonding that goes on with I'm 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 feeling your pain. So um and there's yeah. like some like a oxytocin, like like there's a, a connection, like a chemical bond that gets released. Just to, I don't know, I always like prefacing it with that because it's kind of like, yeah, of course, this is why we like watching this stuff. No, um, it really is interesting to watch it from this perspective because like you said, you know, potentially you've been cheated on or you've mm -hmm. been the cheater and these are things that we can all recognize. I think there's a shock level to it after you've been 10 seasons with these people and they're still making these horrific mistakes because then that goes to your point of, there's not a lot of change happening. A lot of these characters on Vanderpump Rules in particular and reality shows will always kind of go to the tried and true statement of I'm a work in progress, but it never seems like they're working on themselves and they're never progressing on themselves. But this was wild because with Tom Sandoval, he was somebody that I think we all kind of believed in that he wasn't one of the dog guys. He was, you know, he wanted his little weird side projects with his band, but he truly was in love with this girl from what we saw on television. But see, I think that was a red flag, especially how they <laughs> course, how yes. they how they showed it this season. Like all this stuff's going on, you're stressed out, and 
when you're, I mean, opening a restaurant, I used to be a waitress and a host. So I know that it's stressful. So if you got a moment to yourself, why wouldn't you spend it with your partner instead of, oh, I need to have my creative outlet, like go fucking paint something with your, with your girl. Like, why are you going off and abandoning your business partner and your, your girlfriend to go start a band when everything else is going on? There's like, there's no, there's a lack of, responsibility for other like other relationships it's like i'm stressed out i'm going to start a band and kind of like abandon this and then i'm going to come back and it's all about my needs and so a lot of Ooh, i like, like that you're right that is there's a very much my needs to it there yeah. you're, you're you're exactly right yeah and 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 there's just kind of like my needs this is the hierarchy and then everything else is kind of secondary or but the bar it's like okay how is that going to help me and then with the ariana and the the whole scandal it's kind of like well what ego strokes were you know getting met from that situation and or the ego strokes not getting met that would actually create you doing something potentially with another woman absolutely and i do think so there is some and again this is just framework to understand things there is some narcissistic and like sociopathic tendencies within that sandoval situation because and by narcissistic i mean just focused on yourself or what could also be called like antisocial behavior, like the deceitfulness and the um, just like the compulsive lying. I'm going to actually pull it up because it's like to not. So people are like, eh. um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like just disre- paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disregard for other people's um, needs, like the manipulation, just like what we would like an overarching, like shadiness, you know, to not use a clinical term is like some of the antisocial behavior that uh, Sandoval is exhibiting in this situation. And with Raquel, so Raquel gets out of a relationship with um, DJ James Kennedy. It's Kennedy, who who also has narcissistic tendencies and <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> alcoholism, right? And alcoholism yeah. can yeah. mirror a lot of narcissistic tendencies and so you have this dynamic so you're someone that's drawn to that so who 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 is drawn to that borderline personality disorders they kind of pair well together and then people that have codependent tendencies where they kind of like abandon their life for the narcissist or the alcoholic and remember when Raquel and Ariana and Katie, I think it was they were having like girls like yeah and she was like I still I didn't think you yeah. No, oh, I didn't, like, think, I, didn't, I didn't think I had. I didn't think you had it in you, Raquel. Yes. And then, and then Raquel goes, "I don't even know who I am anymore." Yeah, because when you get out of a relationship like that, you've abandoned your needs so much that you don't really, you really don't know who you are because it's been all about the alcoholic or the narcissist, and like amalgamated, mixed with the fact that she, Raquel, has some borderline tendencies like black and white like i'm going to be seductive and like i'm going to so so it's kind of like i'm in pain i'm in i'm hurting so i'm going to not care about what's going on with it or who i'm going to hurt to get my like ego needs met because this i mean that seemed like a really traumatic breakup it did seem like a traumatic breakup which i still don't fully know the ins and outs and i think we're finding as we keep going um and it's you know because it's interesting too i always say with all these other characters now in retrospect taking this moral high ground when they all each have their individual big issues that they are now ignoring so they can put all their hate on sandoval and raquel which is interesting but yeah raquel we see as a very lost person and dealing with dj james kennedy and other situations of her past but then then in going to tom sandoval who is another you know, like I said, we're not diagnosing, but has narcissistic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that just be falling in the same pattern, but with a more positive person? 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Like he, he, he exhibits narcissism in a positive way, I think Sandoval does, because he's not like, you know, chewing people's head off, calling everybody fat like DJ James Kennedy oh, does. okay. You I know, see like, what you're saying. You know what so, I'm saying? Like, is it just swapping one for the other? No. So there are different types of narcissism, but the two main types are like the overt narcissism, as it's called, what you think of, like the ego driven, I mean, all the time. And then there's the covert narcissism, which you see a lot of in that show, especially with Sandoval, where it's kind of like, everyone likes me. I'm just, you know, and they um, um, covert narcissists come off like that. Like, they have a lot of good, but they're all like superficial relationships. And beneath that, there's a lot of shadiness. And there's a lot of like, you know, I will fuck you over. Like, you're my friend, but, but I'll. But fuck does that you person over. recognize it? Does the no. does the that narcissist recognize their own behavior of like I'll fuck anybody over? These are all superficial relationships on top. I, Do that, they recognize? That's that's more on the sociopathic side. They'll be like, yeah, and I'll do that. Like they're owning it, and like because the empathy is so low, and um, and a lot of theories are that they don't have any empathy. But with the covert narcissist, there is, and they there is afterwards. There's a little bit of empathy, and like there's a lot of debate as to whether like that's genuine or not but in the moment there's this compulsive like reactivity to it mixed with a lot of alcohol i mean everything yeah, yes, every yes, yeah, yeah. every character defect is like <laughs> exploded and like that's on another a level character 10. on the show yeah it's another character Seriously, yeah. it's like everything with like the alcohol i mean that is a character it's it's just it makes everything worse. So these impulsive decisions, when you already have some of these maybe character opportunities for growth, like character defects or whatever, like we all do, we all have those. I have them. Everyone has them. So, but with this set of character defects, like they just, they just really get heightened and triggered when alcohol is involved. And so you're just impulsive. You're not thinking about if you're ready, like if you're, if your baseline is to not think about anyone else and you get some alcohol in you're really not thinking about anyone else. <laughs> 
Well, I also thought you, you said opportunities for growth. And I just thought, wouldn't that be great if like a season of reality television, they, they were promoting it like this season, you're going to see a lot of opportunities for growth. Like we don't want that. We want this. Well, we say we want all of this, but then we're, we're experiencing it with Sandoval. It's such at a level where it's so intense and so brutal. And it, it kind of, and I know this sounds Listen, I'm treating this very seriously, you guys, uh, and usually I do a comedy podcast, but there is something very dark in this where it makes you kind of face your own behavior and really start to question how you treat people and how you treat people in your life and really what you're trying to get out of things. And I think reality shows at their best can kind of be a light lesson. I don't think you can truly, you shouldn't be taking any kind of social cues from these people, but you might get some warning signs on how to potentially stop some of your behavior. Would you agree? I would, I would definitely agree with that. And that's again, to my point or like we were talking about, about how we see ourselves in these people and, or their situations, especially the pain points where we've been victimized, it's easier to see. And um, there's a thing called the shadow, which um, doctor, I have him in the back for uh, Freud and young. He's on that side, but oh, like, they oh, talk yes, old, old, I had Freud on the pod last week. I know who he is. Yeah, No, <laughs> no but um, the, sh- the shadow side is that when we get triggered or we're like repulsed by something or we're angry, like, Oh, Sandoval cheated. Like when you have those big reactions, like the word trigger is very popular right now. So when you're triggered by something, the idea of the shadow is that unconsciously or maybe subconsciously, there's something in you that, could cheat or fuck someone over yes. or That's right. It. Yeah. Yes. So it's like that shadow. So anytime you're getting triggered, by watching TV or anything, if 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 that's like a true trigger for you and you're getting upset, there is some shadow work to do there. It's like, well, well, what in me would do that or that I can't? And a lot of times it's so unconscious that there's like, there's no way I'm just mad at that because that happened to me. Da, da, da. But you, if you've truly made peace with it and integrated that experience, you just don't get triggered by it. So that is something. That's I love that. Um, I, I was going back to your comment about um, sociopaths in some way about lack of empathy. And I think as a human being, one of the greatest strengths we have, I mean, I guess you could consider it a weakness, too, but is the caring about other people. I mean, like, listen, we even care about these reality TV stars. That's why we're talking about them all the time. That's why you're listening to this right now is is. You know, as humans, isn't that the, I mean, how do you teach somebody to care? How does somebody literally have zero empathy? And what does a human go through, in your opinion, where they start to not care about these people that they profess love to and are in long-term relationships with? What is the potential thought process that goes into, I mean, whether it be a shadow life, whether it be, I mean, but just this intense hurt that they're going to cause do they just block that out completely and just go towards carnal pleasure or like what is what is what is the thought process for some of these things that are horrible yeah so there's a lot of unintegrated shadow work there and sociopath any of the personality disorders so narcissism borderline histrionic antisocial and sociopath like it's called cluster b of and you look it up it's it's actually super interesting um, but all of that is those are trauma responses. So you're not born a narcissist or any of these things. And we, you know, there's it's a sliding scale. We all have a little bit of like they're they're just ways they're defense structures, right? And when it's a really um, intense personality disorder, it's because you're so highly defended, and it's just like all of this unhealed unhealed things that you haven't worked on that are that are just 
based on previous trauma and trauma is subjective. A lot of people that are like, I grew up so great and da da da. Well, then why are you, why are all your relationships fucked up and like you're cheating? You know what I mean? Maybe it wasn't, maybe there's some things that it's okay that your parents weren't perfect or whatever. So it's just, it's just unintegrated and unhealed trauma that, I mean, sometimes some of this stuff happens to us when we're pre-verbal and we're, you know, our parents were fighting and as like babies and, you know, we absorb a lot from the time that we're born which is you know kind of intense to think about but 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 by the time we're from when we're born to when we're like six years old we're sponges and absorbing a lot so if your parents or you're around certain things or you just you just got you know the neural pathways this is why i love neuroplasticity and neuroscience is like these neural Wait, pathways. Sorry, sorry to be ignorant but what is no. neuroplasticity i was reading that oh. i was like what the heck is neuroplasticity i'll, I'll tell you right now so like um you know, you get like, whatever, like, let's say the the thing is that relationships are chaotic. So you grow up thinking relationships are ca- consciously or unconsciously. And then so you have a bunch of chaotic relationships. The neuroplasticity piece is you're, you've been firing and wiring a certain way. Neur- um, relationships are chaotic. I'm seeking them. I'm attracting them. Even unconsciously, I'm attracting them. But you can break that pattern. It's like software that you can choose to actually uninstall any time and then download better software. I say this to my clients all the time. I'm like, okay, you're running on Windows 93. Like maybe back in the day in 93, like that, (laughs) like running your relationships work that way, but you seem to be suffering a lot right now. So you want to like, let's uninstall that program. It's just a program. We could rewire that situation, which takes a lot of, I mean, it takes- Well, Lauren, doesn't it, but it just seems like, I mean, I I know what the idea you're talking about, but that Mm -hmm. feels, when you're rewiring, that's got to feel so foreign and wrong. You know, because we're so used to uh, saying the same negative thing to ourselves again and again and again, that when you start to, I mean, you know, this thing has decades sometimes on you and you start rewiring that, it's going to feel like you're like all of a sudden like two left feet, you can't move, it feels gross, it feels wrong because you want that hit of dopamine that it's going to give you from the negative little thing that you've been doing for the last 20 years. Absolutely. And by the way, you could get a better and higher a hit of dopamine from new patterns. So it's not like you have to leave that behind, but yeah, program disruption. Like you, I'm like, this is major, major pattern disruption right now. And it's going to be messy and it's going to be awkward and it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're not going to want to do it. And it's going to suck for, I always say that it's going to suck for a while, but how would you rather it suck for this long and then have a lifetime of better relationships or better health or whatever? Uh, Yeah. That's, that's typically a good trade. Most people are willing to do that. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. If Tom Sandoval, and by the way, so you know, you know, he's gone from one relationship to the next, and a lot of these relationships don't. I mean, they have like you know, now it's like he's been in this one for like eight months while he was in this other one for nine years at the same time, and now he's continuing on with the other one, and the other one is left behind. And he did that before with Kristen Doty as well, who was another cast member on this show. Um, if he came to you and said, "Listen, Lauren, I need your help." What do I do? How do I fix this? How would you work with somebody like Tom Sandoval? Well, and, and by thing, the way, or, or are you at a point where you talk to people and you're like, I don't, I don't think I can work with you. Like, I mean, are you, how does it work? Okay. Well, to answer your first question, I would dig in. Well, um, I would dig in and first say, what is so scary about being alone? And 
from my perspective, I know because the defense structure, there's a lot of narcissism and some sociopathic, like from what I can see, right? There's a lot of, nar- so like narcissistic personalities and defense structure, they cannot be alone. They're starting the next relationship while they're in another one. And they, they, they oh. always have like, what's it called in baseball where there's people like, oh, uh, the, the the, the, listen, I'm not into sports. I'm like, yeah, know. baseball. It's uh, on deck. It's, on deck. It's called, yeah. It's called <laughs> sloppity slip. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 No, they always, they always have lots of, you know, a deep, a deep bench. Yeah. A deep bench because the it's called a narcissistic annihilation or just ego um, forms of anxiety or ego where they cannot be alone. It's too much. It's too anxiety provoking for that d- defense structure. And like that's actually sometimes the best time for if a narcissist, like they have enough to like realize like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of I do this. They can be like, I need to be alone for a second to figure this out. But it's really painful for them. So that's on like like sitting from my side of the chair. I can see that's what's going on. But when I'm working with people like that, I'm like, what is so scary about being alone, about truly being alone, not entertaining anything else. Is it the thoughts inside your head when you're alone? Like what is that fear for most people? For for that defense structure, it's abandonment. And we all have abandonment and like what's called anxious attachment, where it's kind of like, where are you? Why aren't you texting me by like times an hour? (laughs) You know what I mean? We have that like- Do you not love me? Yeah. Yeah. You don't love me. I haven't heard from you 10 times today. It's like, it's like that anxious, like I cannot stand when you're not around, like, because you might leave me. And so instead of healing that, the, their option or what they choose to do is like have another one, just, just like, you know, like you prepare for an earthquake or something like I just, I need this all stocked. I need my like supply stocked. So in case someone abandons me or something happens, I have another one. And it's like this constant void. If you're around people like this, it's like this void of like never ending. Like you can never do, you feel like, I feel like I need to prove myself or I feel like I need to like be around them all the time or something. You'll feel it within yourself from a person that's like that. And you start acting differently and then you kind of want to like abandon yourself because it's like, well, they'll they'll find someone else. It's like people can feel it in their gut on this other, you know, on like a very like physical level, visceral level. Yeah. Um, so then for somebody like, I mean, is some of these people like their egos are so big that they couldn't even really work on themselves because you can't convince them that they've done anything wrong? Because a lot of the thing what I'm hearing too in terms of Sandoval and stuff like that is he's still not really getting, you know, there's not a lot of like, he potentially is not putting a lot of blame on himself for a lot of this stuff, even though, you know, to us, this is clearly black and white, but I think to him, there's a lot of gray. And I I always talk about the idea that we don't really go through our lives thinking of ourselves as villains. We're the heroes of our own lives. So he has, of course, reasons in his head that he has rationalized all this behavior for, do you have to know that your behavior is wrong to be able to work on something? Yeah. 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 There has to be a willingness. And for people with that defense structure, I'll I'll call it, it it has to, it takes a lot because even if they burn every bridge, they, I mean, they'll go find the next like kind of codependent personality or someone to attend rather than be like, Hey, I really disrupted or ruined this relationship. It's, it's just, it's just too much to take responsibility. So that's what I was saying. Like the willingness has to be there, but if it's not, it's, then it's, then it's a hard no. Then it's like, okay, well, yeah, there's nothing to be done. 
we were also talking about the potential idea of him. I mean, he didn't purposely get caught, but he was being very lazy in protecting the secret towards the end, uh, supposedly, where he was almost doing this stuff to get caught because he couldn't face an actual real life conversation with somebody that he was in a relationship for nine years with. He couldn't be honest with this other person. So the other thought is, okay, I'm just going to get caught and force this, force her hand in mm-hmm. doing this. And a lot of guys, I've heard a lot of my female friends talk about that, you know, this idea of, you know, they can't do this. So they'll make their, the partner do it because, you know, they don't have the balls to do that. We, we see that with Tom Schwartz in yeah. Vanderpump Rules, who is his partner, is that he seems very, not just lazy, but also there's a fear of hurting people's feelings, of saying what he needs, and he would rather just be the ah shucks good guy and not yeah. really get his, his feet dirty. Absolutely. So the hands first thing dirty, you're... Feet, sorry, sorry. All of it, feet right? Like... Hands, all dirty, all dirty. Um, so the first, uh, conf- conflict avoidance is a big thing. You know, when you, when there's all these opportunities for growth and you don't have a healthy way for conflict resolution that happens. I mean, you could even see it with um, Schwartz and Katie, like Katie can, she can't tolerate anyone else's experience at all. So then Schwartz kind of cowers into nice guy mode and like, you know what I mean? That whole thing of their dynamic, but um, yeah, to answer your question, it's kind of like, okay, well, that's just, and it's just another form of um, not taking responsibility. Like, I'm going to do this thing and kind of like accidentally get caught because then I can just say it without saying it. But I mean, think about that. You can't even go to your partner of nine years and explain this or, you know, like that's a, that's a, another huge red flag in terms of um, opportunities for growth or maybe being on the spectrum of a personality disorder primarily narcissism and some sociopathic antisocial stuff because it's a form of not taking responsibility to be conflict avoided. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and forcing this hand, there's been such a wave of anger for this. Um, If any of like, I mean, how, when you have an extreme personality or an extreme ego and all that, can you speculate of what somebody would feel when they're getting all of this heat on them all of a sudden or all of this hatred or, you know, Raquel's also getting this as well. And I'm not saying it's not deserved in some cases, but there's such a wave of it. In a way, does this embolden a narcissist of like, look at what I created. Of course, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to cause this much of a tornado because I'm me. I'm huge. Mm. So you see that more in borderline personality disorders. Where I'm sorry, what like, is a borderline personality? What is what is the 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 definition of borderline? Thank you. Good question. So the term came from there's a spectrum from like anxiety disorder all the way, and then narcissism is a little bit more intense. And then they found this thing like right before like psychotic like when you're actually like in psychosis there's this other thing that kind of looks like narcissism sometimes but it's on the borderline of psychosis and narcissism and because borderline people can go off they can go off into a rage they can just get like 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 we were talking about offline like lala you know um when she was just like this black and white mode um borderline people think in black and white terms. So she's like, you're either with me, like telling Schwartz, like it's this <laughs> yes, or that yes. it's black or white. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's not a healthy way to think in black and white terms. But so when they think in black and white terms, and if you don't agree with them, they can go into that psychotic kind of rage mode. 
And so that's why that's where the term came from, because they're kind of on the borderline of that. But okay. it's just it's just another personality. And they're 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 histrionic. Like they're um, if you have ever been in a relationship with a borderline, sometimes it's so exciting and they're so like like charismatic and seductive Passionate, and all these yeah. things. And it's like you hear it described as like the best and worst relationship I ever had. And then they're just a nightmare at the same time. So it's like you never know and you feel like you're walking on eggshells. There's a book called Walking on Eggshells about dealing with personality or borderline personality disorder so um and i was bringing that up because oh um, i mean we were we were talking uh, talking about in terms of like sandoval the idea of like i created this look at it like of course everybody's talking about me yeah you know because i'm i'm such a big star I feel like I feel like Schwartz wants to wants it to go away. I think yeah, I could see more of that. Yeah, I see more of that in Raquel. Like, look at this fire I created behind me. Like, you really see can- that, even though all that we see on the show is this kind of not a perpetual victim. But you know, if we if this hadn't have come out, we always say this would have been an underdog story where you would have rooted for her potentially. But you're saying that you sometimes see a little bit more. Well, because she's finally learning to stand up for herself. She's out of this relationship. She's saying, I don't know who I am. I don't know. You know, like it's that thought of like you're lost in your 20s and you're trying to find your way. And there's a there's some underdog qualities to that because Lala is yelling at her all the time. Um, and Lala looks like, like, geez, Lala, calm down. She's like and you don't think of Raquel as a as a true threat or at least I don't when I used to view her. But you're saying what do you see? I see. I mean, it feels like Kaiser Soze to me. Like, really? You're going to actually remember? remember? I'm just kind of like, no, I got your number. And uh, no, I never, I mean, and, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even entertain the shorts idea and like let oh she like i mean sheena has like some histrionic stuff going on the pot stirring and i'm gonna create drama fine but you have a brain of your own and if you're so smart she you know like lala would make fun of her being dumb and it's like no i'm smart well if you're smart then act like it then don't then don't turn around and say like sheena's brainwashing me mm. no i'm not <laughs> That's even the other thing too is that you have you have choices in this world and mm-hmm. even if tom sandoval is manipulating raquel or svengaliing her in any way <laughs> she still has a choice mm-hmm. on whether to participate in this behavior participate in this illicit affair because you know just to point out again ariana and her were friends it wasn't like the three of them were all friends together they were but like ariana and her would hang out like during all of this stuff going on and that is a choice you know because mm-hmm. even if that relationship was happening you would think then potentially raquel would pull away from ariana and say it's too much it's too hurtful for me, I can't deal with that. But she kept being around her. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying I don't see the underdog thing. I see a lot of like, and you know, we could go to the hurt people, hurt people thing. Fine. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, this is kind of like a classic example of that. But it's also like resolve your trauma. And I'm not saying that that's easy or fun to do. But then it ends up you end up like looking like a total asshole and doing things that are just you're you're just surviving and getting by like on all of your character defects that you know got you all the pain points and all the yeah the pain points that you're upset about like with your james like her last relationship they just get exacerbated if you don't work on them we'll be back to that in just one second now is my favorite time of the episode where i get to talk about our sponsor and this week our show, So Bad Is Good, is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp. Now, believe me, BetterHelp, I think the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules needs BetterHelp 
immediately ASAP. But all joking aside, I know you guys know that I'm a big proponent of mental health, of just making really small steps that can lead into lifelong um, betterment of some sort. Um, They want me to talk about in this ad, they usually tell you kind of directions to go. And this, they asked me a question of, talk about a time that I've learned something new about myself and what was that experience like for me and how did it change my life? Now, I will tell you that uh, I did see a therapist right before the pandemic. I was talking to a therapist. It was post-divorce and I have a real hard time with confidence, which is insane. And a, a lot of people don't actually sometimes believe that, but I do. And uh, through therapy, it was this wild thing where uh, this amazing lady kind of started to try to get me to understand that these negative thought patterns that I have built up over decades could potentially be not true, that my own mind could be lying to myself, right? I mean, that is like the end of the sixth sense when he realizes he hasn't been alive the whole time. You're like, what? Wait, what? You're saying that I could potentially be light, that my mind is potentially against me sometimes? And it blew me away. But it also changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, And it also led me to do this show. Honestly, it gave me the confidence to do this show. But in that, you also have to be very honest in uh, talking about mental health is that it's a daily struggle. You have to go out and do the things that are going to give you the best shot of happiness or not even happiness of just getting through life, which can be so difficult, right? And that, like I said, includes working out for me, taking vitamins, talking to a therapist. There are so many things that go into that. And you have to do that day after day, week after week. But getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I change week to week, unfortunately, not just my waist side. Hey, oh, dad joke. But you know what I'm saying? We really do. You have to keep on top of those changes. And that's where therapy really comes in. It's all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. Because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. I mean, that's the other thing is that I can have a billion thoughts going on in my mind at one time. And I can think, oh, all of these things about all of these thoughts going on. But until I speak it out loud to somebody else, do I realize that a good 83% of those things are completely nonsense? It helps you hone in on the things that actually matter. Now, BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I have fully benefited from therapy, period, period. And I expect to benefit from it my entire life. But it is like the gym. You're going to not want to go. You're going to not want to do this. That's just how we are wired. Ignore those thoughts. Listen to this, or at least try this. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It even takes that out of the... You don't even have to drive there anymore. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, because that's a big thing as well. Because sometimes 
finding the right therapist is like finding the right pair of jeans. Unless you're at Old Navy, everything looks great there. <laughs> but no, all joking aside, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SoBad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SoBad. Um, I'm really proud that uh, they are a sponsor because I really, really personally do believe in therapy. But give it a shot. It always helps the show. But I think at the end of the day, it could really, really help you in the long run. And now back to the show. Now you're in the situation where, you know, you are victimized again or now you victimized a lot of people because it's like you're just perpetuating the pattern in a different way. Yeah. Um, Ariana, you know, it's, it's very interesting and, and how, uh, this has played out and how we'll see it play out. But in your, um, you know, in terms of recommendations of like when some, somebody's been betrayed so hard like this, where it's, it's gotta be shocking. You know, you talk about the Kaiser Soze moment and usual suspects of just like, holy shit. And she was directly in that with not only her boyfriend of nine years who they share a house together pets together but her new friend Raquel who she's been to bat for time and time again how does she go about ever trusting anybody in her life ever again and this doesn't even have to do with reality television but like I would be looking over my shoulder nonstop of like if that can be done to me in my own house Mm -hmm. and I wasn't you know I wasn't fully aware of it that would like how does somebody work on that well, I think that the, you know, and I have a lot of clients like come in hot, like when they you, when gone, have gone through, having gone through a situation just like this, where kind of the world comes crumbling down. And I really felt for her, not only that, talk about an immense amount of grief all at once. And then Charlotte, her dog, like the real love yes. of her life, like that was so sad. And so it's just And too then her much- grandma passes away in a couple episodes from now that we haven't oh. seen yet. God, and see? this was all going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, and I think that's one of the excuses he uses where he's like, I couldn't do it. Well, you know, the, all this stuff was going on. I, I couldn't do that to her, but it's like, but you'll keep an, uh, an affair going under behind her back, which is potentially going to hurt her even more when it's revealed. Right. And then she was with you being loyal when all the chaos from the restaurant and you were doing your thing with the band and she, you know, from what we know, she wasn't cheating on him. So, but that's just an excuse. Like people will use it. What's your favorite Tom Sandoval and the most extra song? What's your favorite? None of is that your type of music is that your is that your style of mom. music learning? <laughs> that was um, that was kind of funny but but yeah to answer your question and you know what i i honestly and i'm you know i'm not religious but i am spiritual and i do think that when my i always ask my clients what their spiritual orientation is not their religion but because i do think that life will fucking hand you a bunch of shit all at once like that's a lot of grief to have at once but that is a very very like intense spring cleaning of like, hey, you're going to grieve some things. You're going to get rid of a lot of stuff that's not serving you. And I mean, you know, she's do, she's got, she's on that movie or whatever. Yeah, so she's on a lifetime. Are, you know, so um, many you know, cool things are happening. But yeah. it's, a, yeah, this opportunity that life is making you change. And I was th- thinking about this idea of like, yeah, in a sense that like this is sucks that it happened. But in a yeah. sense, Sandoval was a huge block for her, yeah. you know, is that now she's actually maybe able to be who exactly she should be. But the human heart doesn't really think in terms of that. Like we don't go around going, well, thank God this happened. So now I can really grow. Like we don't mm-hmm. think about that at first because we we are wrapped up in grief and shock and sadness 
And, you know, just speaking of somebody that's been through divorce in my past, it um, it's something that hits you at a lot of different times. You know, it's not something that's just like, well, I'm over that. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, like that thing comes back that haunts you. It, it affects other relationships in your life. And I just wonder for Ariana is like, how do you make sure you keep two feet on the ground and that you real i mean that's so sad that it's okay to love again which sounds so cheesy but like how do you keep yourself clear of that well yeah and grief is not linear it comes in layers and it's okay like you can have moments of grief and still be in a healthy relate i think that from something like this if she was my client i'd be like okay let's take a year off and focus on you because that was a lot of giving of energy and like and, and all the grief well, you would recommend going. to take a year off from therapy you'd be like take a year off from no therapy? no from dating i'm sorry oh from okay i was like wait you're like, yeah, like no, no. we don't need therapy at all just good luck out there Bye. Have fun. We'll, we'll see you in a year yeah yeah I'll no see you next absolutely April. not absolutely not no <laughs> i would i would say you know because the there's there's such an intense need to focus on yourself and recover who you are and build up who you are when you have everything getting like kind of demolished in a way like that like your housing has changed i don't know if they've done that yet but like everything is shifting and reorganizing so there's a huge opportunity to focus on yourself and yeah sometimes the life universe will do that because we're not strong enough to do it for ourselves i guarantee if you've been with someone for eight years like there, there were red flags and it's like you can ignore because sometimes it's more comfortable than being like well i don't want to move i don't want to start dating again you know i've done that in relationships where it's just like it's ostensibly like easier to stay or it's all of that when it's really not so yeah. it's, 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 I just wonder what that happening. is in our mind though, is like these lies that we tell ourselves. And I think a lot of it comes down to like sometimes laziness and selfishness because we don't want to have those hard conversations because it's our easier safety. to like, our yeah, safety. Yeah, just, yeah, of you course. know what I mean? Like we have part, we have a part of our brain, a very, um, you know, um, where the breathing and everything is associated, our heartbeat, um, the limbic system of our brain that just wants to keep us safe. And that's where fears come from. Like, and so a lot of times our fears are not even real, or if we face them, it's like, oh, that's not even a big deal. But yeah, a lot of times we stay in in holding patterns that don't serve us because we want to feel safe. And it's like, well, if we change, like change is scary, or I don't know if I could do that alone. We all have the opportunities for growth in that way. Yeah. Um, watching Vanderpump Rules this season, though, are there other things that you've taken away? Because I think you watched a lot of episodes at once or like over a weekend or stuff like that. Are there other things that stand out to you um, going through or watching it? Is there anything of like, oh, wow, like that's this or that's that? And then even to open up larger after that, I know you are a fan of the Housewives. I was just curious of some of your favorite characters on these reality shows, not Vanderpump Rules. Okay, well, to answer your first part, again, like with the grieving of relationships, and that's such a big thing, like, are the human experience does not or like in our heart speaking of like being in your heart we do not like breakups they're very you know threatening to the ego and it's it's just it's it can be a devastating experience and then for someone that going on to uh, or back to James who has you know i mean i he seems like he's an alcoholic to me and has some you know very salient narcissistic personality traits they don't do breakups well 
again, jumping right into another relationship, just like Sandoval and like, oh, this is the love of my life. Trying yeah, to like, a very like, like, you're so beautiful, Ali. Oh, you're <laughs> clavicle. It's so amazing, Ali. Like just so, so effusive in her, in their, every scene is touching her, like yeah. petting her. It's very interesting. Well, and then she's just being used. I think Lala is the one that says that, like, you, you, she could be anyone. You're just, like, basically using. I think she says that at um, at the Lisa through a little bridal shower. For, oh, like, yeah, for the, I think yeah. that's when she, like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, because, like, James was all drunk and acting up. And so, um, but I, that's true. It's just kind of, like, I can't tolerate this. And my ego is very wounded right now from you dumping me. So I'm going to get someone else immediately rub it in your face and literally try to numb out with this new girl. Um, just like, you know, because I can't tolerate my feelings of grief and I'm not saying like grief is a hard feeling to move through and process. And it, it takes, it takes a, a community of people and it also takes like really being okay, like tolerating. I mean, and like all addiction. It also takes not being on a reality show. I bet like it's, it also probably, takes not the best, it's probably not the best to be on a reality show when you're moving through these really intense things uh probably not it's probably not a good idea to always be drunk like and i mean we know we know that like that that helps too but like you know alcohol in any form of numbing out it's just an inability to tolerate the present moment which james really has a hard time doing i mean he you know every time he sees raquel which is like interesting you know but he's just like all triggered and i think kind of raquel a little bit gets off on that but um and then yeah i mean he really is it keeps coming up of like how obsessed he is with this and even when the sandoval stuff broke which we have not seen yet in the new episodes that'll come out at the end of the season he online was like literally losing his mind and i just kept thinking what about ali who's around james right now going like why are you i mean like this is bad obviously but you're in a relationship with me not her anymore so why is that you know i would think as uh somebody in a relationship with you know i would think i would be a little hurt potentially uh, a little. And I mean, and I feel like in the last episode, Allie's getting sick of it. She's really yeah, kind like, of like, she doesn't seem like a dummy. That's the other thing. Yeah. She doesn't seem like that's the part that I keep getting confused about because she doesn't seem like a dummy yet. She's putting up with some like really wild behavior. And I just wonder what's that all about too. When somebody feels like they know better, they're even speaking to it in talking heads on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like kind of making little jokes about it that I'm like, what, what is that thing that's keeping her there then when this pattern of behavior keeps repeating itself with him? Well, I think that there's a couple of things at play when you meet someone like a narcissistic type or someone that has like an intense personality. They're so fun at first. They're so they're so charming. They're so like engaging and magnetic. And so you get in, you know, you're in love with that and you want that back. You're like, where's that guy? Bring him back. And it was it's like that's not really what's going on. And then all this pain and, you know, character defects show up. And then the other thing is like she's on a reality show. She's on a reality TV show. I mean, she could bow out right now, but like, I mean, she has that option and maybe she doesn't want to. I don't know. Yeah. We, we don't know. I mean, hopefully everybody's there for the right reasons, as they say in the Bachelor franchise. Really? Yeah. No, no. I'm just, I mean, like. I, what would the right reasons be? <laughs> no, I mean, there is none in terms of. Re- <laughs> By the way, that's what I always say about reality television. If you're on a reality TV show, you're already suspect. You know, you're already going to exhibit wild behavior at some point in your reality TV show career, or you won't keep coming back season after season. You're somewhat but- encouraged sometimes to have ex- extreme behavior. Oh, totally. You'll get kicked off if you don't. 
And I do think that it kind of is somewhat like placates this human like need that we have to be seen and heard. It really, I think that I see a lot of that. So without saying who it is, I used to live in Orange County. And this <laughs> normal. Already, Vicky Gunvalson. I'm just gonna say yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll you'll know it's not her from like what I say, but like so I'm just normal, you know, getting my eyelashes done one Friday, and this woman that I would see all the time is there, and then she was on Housewives of OC. Um, she was a new person at the time totally changed like came in and was like oh my like talking to everyone about like the new season premiere and like horrible and then she's like excuse me um like can i like actually like take your appointment because you know stuff to do and i'm running late and then i'm like um and then i figured it out with my you know esthetician and so it's like yeah you could go because i didn't i was fine for the rest of the day but like where all of a sudden did this shift in personality like like the it was like this delusion of grandeur like now i'm this celebrity i'm like you're on a you're on a show where something is gonna like your world is probably gonna crumble because that's the only (laughs) reason you're gonna stay on by the way yeah your world's gonna crumble so yeah you go ahead and take my last appointment you're good yeah your world's gonna fall apart in six months so please i mean that's the thing is that these things are now modern day gladiators in a way because Mm -hmm. they're literally putting their emotional makeup on display and you Usually, if the reality show is doing its job, will completely beat you down. Like, that is something that we expect from our reality television shows. And that's why I think Scandaval uh, really kind of reminds us that, like, whoa, like, it's been a while since something really big, like, big and emotional. Like, we see it, you know, we're so desensitized to housewives in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But that's why when something like this, it really stands out because you're like, oh, a nine-year relationship? There's so much pain. He was presenting himself as this other guy over here. Was that performative? It kind of reignites your initial love of reality, but it's like it's like reality television on steroids. Because then you go back and watch another reality show. I've been trying to watch other things. And you're like, this ain't hitting like Sandoval. This ain't hitting. I, I, I need I need somebody to like punch somebody. I mean, you know, our minds get yeah. so skewed towards what we expect from these people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like this ain't hitting. And it's true. I mean, because it, it, in a way it is shocking. I think performative is the, the key word there, because especially with Sandoval, there's a lot of performative stuff going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I would, say, I would say a lot of performative. Yes. Even with um, how he was relating to Ariana, it never hit like genuine, especially after a while. It wasn't hitting like that genuine to me. And it's kind of like people that have like more and I'm not saying that he is. I'm just I'm just talking about personality types but people that have a sociopathic type of thing they're very they they can be very performative it's like what do you need me to be in this situation so you think i'm the greatest or whatever or so i could just stop you from thinking anything they're very performative people and then there are other but the lack of empathy it can rise to the surface like this situation yeah completely um uh but what what are some of your favorite reality show characters from your past in watching these shows? 
Okay, well, I do like Bethany Frankel, just in general, like reality TV. <laughs> do, you, do you like her TikTok? Do you like how she's always expressing her opinions on social media now? I mean, sometimes it's a little intense. <laughs> but And then, I, I mean, I love Lisa Vanderpump. And I also, like, those are two people that I think have used reality TV to their advantage. It's like, used no, is a good word. I feel like both of them have tool. used, but not just reality television. I think they've used people in, like, I think Lisa uses that cast of Vanderpump Rules. I don't think she, ge- I think she genuinely likes them, but I don't think she genuinely really at the end of the day cares. I think she's thrilled that this has put them back on top. And Bethany's another person that I found interesting because I've really loved Bethany in the past, but I always don't like how she, you know, would um, degrade the experience of being a housewife until it serves her. And then she wants back on that, that wagon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, but they're just entertaining, but yeah. um, And there is, okay. You know who else? I, not that there there was a main character, but I liked um, Housewives of New York. The one with the crazy eyes. Ramona. Ramona's husband. Like, I feel like he's the most underrated. Ramona's ex-husband. Ex-husband, uh, Mario. Most underrated house husband. Wait, you're, you're, you you want to give Mario a shout out right now? Mar- <laughs> yeah. Wait, if Mario, if you're listening, Lauren, uh, I'll, I'll no, give no, you no. her information. And <laughs> no, I don't. love that. No, 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 but no, like, but like, no, but their dynamic, he was like, he was just so like chill about like, for the most part. But then he but, was cheating on her too. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there's that too. Um, that, I mean, now I'm just like, I'm now thinking about Bethany, but what is that in a person where, you know, I always think with these people, it's like they get to the mountaintop. Like we saw Bethany in the original seasons of housewives and she was like hustling. She was starting her brand and she actually built it into something huge where she sold it and she Mm -hmm. became wealthy. And we saw when it wasn't always the case with her. And it was this insane moment of showing all this hard work and passion and stick to it, you know, just sticking to something. And then now it's like, instead of enjoying that, it feels like she always needs, she needs that attention economy. She needs eyes on her. Mm-hmm. When I sometimes think, well, what's, I mean, isn't the whole point of doing that? So you can go escape and live this amazing life, but it never it seems think. to be the case with these people. You would think. And then, yeah. That, and that's what I did like about her so much is that she had this underdog quality and like, you know, hustled and, and built this empire. She, and she's funny. At least I haven't watched yeah. anything of her recently, but I do like her sense of humor. And, um, but I do think like they go into a lot of her childhood, you know, and like her, how she grew up and, um, like the things with her dad and money being up and down yeah. and chaotic. And then her mom, and then her mom was going to like write some book. I mean, that's a lot of trauma she's been through. And I feel like, you know, part of me kind of saw myself in her, like, I'm like, that's a lot of, you know, that's intense to, to have, you know, your parents do all of that. And, but I do think that when, let's say I'm not saying anything about her directly or anyone at all that I've mentioned so far, not saying anything directly, but I do think that if you don't resolve like your childhood trauma, it will show up in your relationships and you will, what ostensibly looks like addiction to, to drama. It's kind of like, yeah, like at this point she could go whatever, live her best life and not, but there's something that's like feeding that maybe in not the most adaptive way. So there could be that. I don't know what she's doing. You know what I mean? We're all healing yeah. at our own pace. We're all healing at our own pace, but <laughs> at our own pace, guys, go slow down. You got your own pace to deal with. Um, <laughs> in terms, I was thinking a lot about um, 
I was thinking a lot about men and women because just of this situation. I mean, we always think about men and women regardless. But in your work, what do you know, like the key differences between men and women? I know that's such a broad mm-hmm. question, but I keep thinking about like these personalities, especially on reality television shows that keep popping up, you know, these certain types of personalities or these certain types of behavior that men do and certain types of behavior that women do. And we see these kind of highlighted on these shows. You know, is there anything that that pops to mind when I say that? Well, I always talk in terms of and because I talk in terms of masculine and feminine, you know, especially if I'm dealing with like a gay couple and I'm like, cause there's a masculine energy and a feminine energy. Sometimes it's true with like heterosexual couples, like the typical masculine qualities the woman has and, and vice versa. Um, but um, like, what do you, what do you specifically like, mean, uh, like you well, or what I do you think? Observe? There, what, what is it about, <laughs> this is, what is it about men that seems like it's the same pattern? We got Schwartz cheating in the past. We got Sandoval. I mean, Schwartz, you know, you know, I keep, I, you know, keep talking about like he, he mentioned in the earlier show of like, oh, I don't know about dating. It would feel like cheating on Katie, even though we're divorced. And I'm like, but you actually did cheat on Katie. So why did like you, it seems like something that you were really adept at. Like, why would it feel weird? Um, you know, it's like you got that. You got Kyle Cook on Summer House. You had Mario on Real Housewives in New York. You have all of these men that that tend to uh, just go to. Uh, I, I'm just trying to think about what it is about men that really think of themselves in certain situations where women seem to. Not saying that women don't cheat. I'm definitely not saying that, but I'm saying it seems to be more rare than all of the examples of men. I'm just trying to understand the differences of that. I mean, I'm not sure if there's been studies, but it just seems like do do women take into account men's feelings more than men take into account women's feelings? I know, by the way, if you're listening at home and rolling your eyes, I'm sorry, I'm trying to learn, folks. No, 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 no. And by the way, men cheat just as much as women or women cheat just as much as men. And there's new studies coming out that women cheat more. And it's just they're be- they're better at it. Is that what you're? Or, or they just or, don't get caught. They don't get caught, or it's emasculating to for people to find out that your woman cheated on you. But like women could be a victim, and that's okay. There's that piece too. So the guy won't, you know, talk about if it doesn't get out there, you know, and that's just, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just saying that some people, some men find that emasculating and they'd rather just forgive, forget, like sweep it under the rug type of thing. That's some of the new uh, research that's being done. But men cheat when they don't feel appreciated, typically from the research or the masculine entity in the relationship doesn't, when they don't feel appreciated or emasculated or they, you know, they feel emasculated or they're not getting the type of attention that they need typically like physical attention. And women cheat when they feel like their emotional needs aren't met when they're not seen and heard. And I mean, I hear all the time. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't you know, like, he's not fucking listening to me. And so, but I mean, I can say like, if I don't feel heard, if I feel heard, I'm like super turned on. I'm like, Oh my God, he listened. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? But if it's not, I'm like, you know, I, ha- I understand that. I understand. I have estrogen coursing through my brain. And so that, you know, it'll either trigger me or turn me on. And then with men being appreciated is a big, I mean, what do you think? Like, I think, I mean, from what I hear, it's, 
that's what well, that is. There, there's that thing where it's like, of course, somebody telling you you're good or that you're mm-hmm. likable or that you, you know, of course, it's all, you know, like, look, listen, guys just want to be told we're pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, that's what we basically. So it's like really nice to hear those compliments. Um, but I think sometimes it's interesting because we will take those superficial quick compliments more than a deep relationship, a multi-year relationship will sometimes give more credence to those quick hits than a long-term relationship. It's always like something new and shiny will always seem to catch a guy, a, a guy's eye. And in, that's in why I'm always, situations. that's why I'm always telling couples. It's like, you have to continuously date your partner and you have to i mean you have to with all your might and strength like do your work so you're not getting even if your partner triggers you do that work on your own and then come back three days later and talk about it and i know that's so because like i i mean i have those moments where i'm like i need to talk about this now i'm pissed but if if you want to keep that alive and you want to keep that connection that's sec- it, it's just better to do it. It takes so much discipline. It takes so much inner work, but I think that it's worth it to do that and keep your relationship. I mean, you know, you watch the Chris Rock special, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, he talks about the difference between dating a 25 year old and a 40 year old. (laughs) It's like, Oh, like the 25 year old's like, Oh daddy, like look at my high heels (laughs) or whatever. And it's like, do that. And I mean, some of my female like clients at first they get mad and I'm like, no, like you, that's a form of appreciation. Just be fun and sexy. And I'm not saying to do that. Doesn't that then build up hatred towards the male because you're like, I'm I'm doing role play all of a sudden. No, not not being my authentic self. No, you can be your authentic self and you could have needs and they could be met, but they also need to be done like not in the I don't I don't think it's always and sometimes this just has to happen. It's like the heat of the moment and we need to go at it and like fight it out. But I do think on the regular, if you do your work, like why is this triggering me? Why? And if it's something that's triggering you, it's from the past. Like if it's hysterical, it's historical. It's from the past. <laughs> it's like it's there for you to do. Like because if your partner isn't doing it, someone else will. But our partner is a mirror for us in a lot of ways of like unhealed trauma. So it's like work on yourself first and do that work. Like have a little bit of pause and then be like, hey, you know what? Can we talk right now? It's not a big deal, but that actually hurt my feelings well, or whatever it did. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's complete. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. It's just very, when does it, when, when do you know it's okay? Well, I always think like, do you like, even with Tom, there must've been a moment where Tom knew that his relationship with Ariana wasn't working. He was already checked out completely and knew for him it was over. Um, when, well, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, but it'll be interesting to find out, but most time when people get caught cheating, they end up begging to get their partners back. And that's not what we're, ha- that's not what's no. happening here. And I wonder, um, but that's what I, I mean. Get- like to, to him, the relationship's fine. Like I'm getting my ego. Yeah. I'm get- everything's good for me. You're, yeah. you're basically on the way out, Ariana. And I'm doing my thing where I'm filtering someone in and using someone else. I mean, it's kind of like it's James is doing the same thing, but in a more like histrionic way. But it's the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't want to grieve. I don't have the tolerance, the ego tolerance to grieve a relationship or, you know, admit I was wrong about anything. So what I'm going to do is like, you know, let this kind of drift away. Ariana has to if you're if you're with someone for nine years, you know, you know 
what's going on and whatever. That's why I'm saying with her, like life did her, the universe did her a favor and is clearing a lot of stuff out. And she'll, if she hasn't, if she's not seeing that right now, she will. But, you know, and then with Tom, or I'm sorry. Yeah. With Tom, what I'm saying is, is like, I think he's probably like, this is fine for me. I'm on to the next. And then, you know, Raquel's, releasing these statements like i'm just gonna work on myself and my self-care and yeah, but, but, yeah i'm like show me the work like that's what like everybody says they're gonna work on themselves but i doubt sometimes any of these people are working on themselves like that's what's great about reality television shows is they're always uh tell us don't sh- they're always telling us not showing us mm-hmm. and like nobody they'll always say they're doing the work and we're i'm doing the hard work and then they're net like i always know that they're never doing the hard work Jax taylor was a prime example of that on vanderpump rules in older oh. seasons um also, I just wanted to, as we start winding down here, the, the, um, there's a few, I remember going through like some of my most traumatic moments is that the body or the mind protects you in a way where mm-hmm. looking back on it, I'm like, how did I get through that? Like, I don't, I don't think I was getting, I was getting a couple hours of sleep at night. Like all the, I was thinking about like some of these really traumatic events and going like, wow, I don't think I could deal with that now. But when you're in it, you, you just kind of go your, your body and your mind protects you to kind of just keep moving. And it doesn't mean it's like fun or good like that, but like you're in a fugue state almost. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you don't want to constantly be in an adrenalized state and uh, where cortisol levels are constantly spiked, but that is, you know, fight and flight mode of the stress responses. We have fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. And so that's fight, flight mode. Um, when you're fighting or flight, you know, and, and then you're that uh, adrenalized state and um, that's what gets you through it. And then you look back and you're like, what the fuck? You know? But- <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it really is that looking back and going, wow. Um, listen, Lauren, this went way too quick. I'm already going to ask you back. I need to hear your yeah. Kardashian take. I oh my God. I'm Beverly so- Hills. I'm off um, yeah. Liz, will you come back? Cause there's <laughs> so much that I, uh, this went, I mean, this feels like it went 10 minutes. Um, so Lord, how do we, I mean, do, how do we find out more about you? Like, how do we find out? I mean, like there's potentially some people in Los Angeles that might want to work with you and stuff. I mean, what do you recommend? Uh, or how, how do we know when we have things to work on? I mean, I know we know, but like, why would we seek somebody like you out? If you want to thrive in every area of your life, <laughs> if you want to work on your imposter syndrome, that, that's one of the things I specialize in, as I was talking about. But I love helping people, you know, through the transformation process. And there's always something to work on. You know, we're always want to, I always want to help people with the highest and best versions of themselves. And at any given moment, that looks different. So is it really gratifying for you? Doing it's so you gratifying. Do? I love it. I love what yeah. I do. So, but and to go. It's got to be different too. Each day is every day. Challenge. Yeah. Oh, it's never the same, which I also love. But um, um, I'm at Mental Health Hacker on Instagram. And that's like my main uh, platform. So there and then my website is Lauren Clayton Total Health. But if you DM me and especially if you say you're a friend of Ryan's and I will I will get back to you for sure. Yeah. And you guys, I'll put all of that in, uh, in the show notes. And I'm definitely going to have Lauren back on again because this is just to me, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm just like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, this is so (laughs) great to be able to put language to some of these thoughts. And I know I can sometimes go at like kind of a a cutting humorous uh, slant. So it's nice. It's nice to class up the joint sometimes, basically. (laughs) Um, But uh, but anyways, Lauren, I really appreciate you being here. I hope you had a good time. I hope this was a a good good use of your time. And um, I look forward to having you back on uh, again and again. So thank you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to be on again. Betches.